are back. The NFL pod week 14 of the season. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's been following along all season long. We're getting close to the end here. I mean, week 14, it feels like we had Detroit and Kansas City uh, on that Thursday opening night. I felt like two weeks ago. And we're now talking about playoff matches and the whole nine yards. So as the NFL regular season is kind of coming to a close, and it is sad as that means the fantasy season comes to a close, you know, the playoffs will be absolutely electric. So welcome everybody to the week 14 show. We look to stay red hot, analyzing each game on the entire slate, giving out our best bets and hoping to win you guys a little bit of money. Now, before I jump into it, I do want to touch on uh, our, our new Twitter space live streams that we've been updating. Um, you know, we have some college football talk for one of them so far. We also have some MLB offseason news. Obviously, you know, Juan Soto, big addition to the Yankees. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the offseason uh, plays out as the winter meetings are heating up. Um, I think down in Nashville. So it's interesting, um, you know, to maybe check out if you want to hear a little more of our content, a little more raw, um, you know, and analyzing uh, of, of, you know, in real time. If a news story breaks, we want to try and hop on that space and give you guys some instant reactions. So definitely look out for that over on our Twitter. Our TikTok's been blowing up uh, with a bunch of views on our, our, our videos. So we appreciate all the support. I just want to jump right back into it here. As like I said, week 14 of the NFL slate, we'll jump right into the first matchup. Bucks taking on the Falcons down in Atlanta. I know we've all been pretty uh, anti-Arthur Arthur Smith uh, pretty much all year. Um, but yeah, Jack, I'll jump right over to you, man. Um, how are you reading this one? Yeah, so this Bucks Falcons game, least looking forward to it on the slate. There's two reasons for that. One, uh, this is the game I chose. Uh, you know, when they met the first time around, Falcons at Bucks. I chose the Bucks to win at home in one of my survivor pools. Knocked me out. Uh, Baker, even after Desmond Ritter's three turnovers, uh, Baker still decided that he uh, couldn't win himself a football game. Think he threw himself three picks. Uh, could be wrong on that one, but couldn't couldn't win the football game against the Bucks at home while Bijan Robinson had one carry. Uh, I don't think that they're going to go on the road to Atlanta uh, and and beat them. You know, in Atlanta, if if Bijan Robinson is going to be playing a full stack here, uh, I do want to shout out Mike Evans. If you guys were listening to the last podcast, we gave him a lot of love. So. Not hating on him, uh, but this is more of a anti-Baker play here, and I'm going to go with the Falcons at home. Over to you, Bri. How are you reading it? You got the same mindset? Yeah, I really like the Falcons here when I look at this game. Uh, the Bucks, of course, have been banged up on defense. Last week they had a safety come in and play middle linebacker, and they let uh, Cheva Hubbard rush for 94 yards on him, and that guy should not be rushing for 94 yards in any kind of NFL game. But then again, the last – 10 years these teams have played, they're 10 and 9 against each other, and the Falcons are leading 10 to 9. So you would think the Bucks even that up and it gets to 10 and 10. But I also don't trust either of these teams. So I'm just gonna simply take Bijan to go over his rushing total. Uh, it seems seems like the smart play here. Even if the Bucks linebackers get back, they're not gonna be fully healthy. And Bijan, Arthur Smith has at least seen to kind of give him the ball more as the season's gone on here. So Hopefully he gets the ball. 
Yeah, I don't hate the play there. Um, I know Jack touched on Mike Evans. We kind of touched on him last last pod, so I'll I'll roll with the over receiving yards for Mike Evans. I mean, why not? I mean, we, you know, he just locked up the thousand yard uh, reception or, or thousand receiving yards for what was it, ten years in a row? So uh, pretty pretty uh, you know great accomplishment on his part. Um, and yeah, we, we we gave him a lot of attention, a lot of spotlight. I don't think I've ever taken a, a Mike Evans prop this year yet. So and, and a, a doable one. I mean, seventy four and a half. I, I could, you know, they're going to lean on him obviously in this game. I could see him flying over that seventy four and a half number. So I'll go at Evans on the receiving yards. Uh, you know, let's see if he can get it done. But want to move on here to the next game on the slate: the Lions, nine and three Lions travel to the Chicago Bears, Windy City. We're at that point in the year where Chicago weather is crazy, unpredictable, um, and could possibly be a lot of wins. So uh, with that, you know, kind of in mind, I'll jump over to you, Brian. How are you reading this one? Yeah, so kind of another schedule stat here. Um, I'm a big schedule stat guy this week for some reason. The Bears are actually 4-1 and one against the Lions in the last five games at Soldier Field. But – they haven't beaten the Lions in the month of December since 2012. So that's, those, a, twist. that's a twister. <laughs> those two things kind of cancel each other out here. The Lions seem like they're, they're just the better team, right? They're nine and three, but that defense is just horrendous. The Bears handed them that game. The Bears at home now have been playing decent football. The last four games pretty much have been close. I don't think they've lost by more than a touchdown in like a month. So I'm going to take the Bears plus four. Yeah, I like the four number. Looking for some revenge after choking that one out. But before I give some give a pick out, Jack, you the same way? You reading it like that? Or uh or you uh, you know, think the Lions figured it out last week and uh they're gonna they're gonna start rolling again. Yeah, no, I, I like the Bears in this one. Um I'm not gonna have a play on the plus four or the money line. Uh I think they're gonna play well and I, I think they're gonna win it. I think they're gonna upset the Lions, but you know, watching this Lions team under Dan Campbell, how they finished the season last season, um, you know, I'm not surprised that they ha- that the Bears haven't beaten the Lions in a, in a while in December. Uh, the Lions are a very hot team as the season comes to a close. You know, when everybody else is injured and, and, and hurting, they're coming out here and they're still biting at kneecaps, as uh, Dan Campbell likes to say. But uh, you know, they're they're pretty banged up themselves. And the Bears with Justin Fields healthy have looked actually pretty impressive this season. Uh, so I'm going to roll with the Bears here. Uh, but my play on this is actually going to be Justin Fields over 195 uh, passing yards. Yeah, it should be able to air it out on a, uh, you know, not great Detroit Lions defense. Uh, I like the Justin Fields prop there. But I'm actually going to roll with the rushing yards. The guy scrambles for days. No, the 16 and a half might seem kind of high, but um, I mean, he could so easily scramble for 30 yards on two on two broken plays. So I I I see honestly like I would even sprinkle uh, Justin Fields 100 rushing yards. You could probably get great plus money juice on that. Um, you know, it might seem a uh, might seem a little high, but uh, I'm just kind of banking on the weather, maybe being a little windy or, or a little rough out in Chicago. And, you know, I know Justin Fields loves to run around, which is why that over uh, is or, or that over under is a little high. So I'll roll the dice and take Justin Fields over on the rushing yard. It seems like 
Fields is due for a long scramble too. I know he had a lot his rookie year. He had a couple uh, last year, but yeah, he hasn't really had one yet this year. I know he's been banged up, but yeah, he's due for that like 50 yard touchdown breakaway run. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he's always doing what, 10, 10 rushes a game. I mean, I don't know how many rush attempts he usually has. I know it's usually not planned rushes. It's usually he's kind of scrambling around and takes off, um, which he's been very good at doing. So I, I have no problem rolling the dice on that with the Lions defense, who hasn't been that great. I think Justin Fields uh, kind of is able to have his way running the ball. Um, and so I'll take the over on the 60 and a half. I do want to jump on over to the Colts, seven and five Colts, and the six and six Bengals, who have found their quarterback for the rest of the year. Jack, how are you reading this one? Yeah, uh, you know, the Bengals definitely surprised me with the life that they showed against my Jags last week. Uh, after losing your franchise quarterback for the season, you know, trotting out Jake Browning and dropping a 30 burger against. Uh, a pretty good defense. Maybe I'm a little biased, but uh, the Jags defense is pretty solid in my opinion. Uh, but he absolutely carved him up as, as Brian expected, uh, as he told everybody last week on the pod. So I like the juice that the, uh, the, the Bengals offense is bringing. And then, you know, I love my guy Gardner. Uh, he's been keeping this Colts team alive and, you know, more than just alive. If the season ended today, they would be a playoff team. Uh, I'm going to take the over in this game, over 43 and a half. I think both these teams are playing pretty inspired football right now, uh, even though neither of them have their franchise quarterback starting. But both backups are playing competent. And uh, I think that this 43 and a half, it's, it's, it's going to soar over that. Yeah, I love the overplay there. I love where your head's at on that one. Um, but, Brian, I'll let you have your uh, 30 seconds of fame for, uh, you know, Trying to warn everybody that Jake Browning is him. Yeah, no, I, I tried to tell you guys this guy is him. Um, the Washington Huskies juju is working, and it's going to continue to work because he's going to go over 230 passing yards again. I love the overplay, Jack. Jake Browning is that guy. He's going to lead the Bengals to, dare I say, the playoffs. That's how good I think this team can be with him under center. But I'm not going to take the Bengals in this game. I'm going to ride the over with you because the Bengals give up the six most passing yards in the league. I love what Gardner Minshew is doing in Indianapolis. Alec Pierce has seen him come on. He had 100 yards last week. So I really like just – this game's going to be a lot of fun. This is a game two weeks ago that maybe you thought, hey, just write this off probably. We look at it in the outline and say gross. But I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And the winner of this game really is – a Decent shot to make the playoffs, especially if the Colts win. If the Colts win, the Jags might be a little rattled, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, so I think we got to make it a squad ride uh, pick here because I absolutely absolutely love the over in this game too. Um, guys, you know, I think hit the nail on the head. I don't have much to say about it. Um, Bengals defense isn't great. Both quarterbacks have shown to be competent, um, and there should be a decent amount of points in this one. Um, you, I, I just think for anybody who wants a little more juice and maybe they don't want to take the over, which I do think is a great play, which is why we're making it, you know, the squad ride play of the slate. I don't know if we'll have another one, but this is definitely one to lock in because that over it's very hittable here. I mean, we, we could see a, a 31 to 28 final score, maybe even the Bengals soar into the thirties uh, again. So mm -hmm. they've already shown to do it. Love the over there. If you want a little more juice, 
take something with Michael Pittman, whether it's over receptions or over yards. I mean, the guy's been balling out the last four or five weeks. He's been unbelievable. He's pretty much Mr. Consistent. They rely on him so much. I'm sure you can get uh, Michael Pittman. You can rely on him and, uh, you know, bet his props with confidence this weekend um, as the, the Colts will probably be looking to air the ball out. But it'd be really awesome to see a lot of people who take this squad ride and then jump into the space with us and we can all kind of, you know, talk about the play hitting, especially if it's close. And uh, I think it can be to make a not so great one o'clock slate. Super fun. So definitely look out for that. I will jump over to the Jaguars and the Browns. And I don't have much introduction. Jack, I will let you take it away here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's make sure we're keeping Trevor Lawrence in our prayers, guys. We need him healthy. Uh, Travis Etienne too. He was banged up going into Monday night's game against the Bengals, and and now he's you know questionable going into this game as well. So let's pray for our guys out here. Uh, it was a very very tough, disappointing loss Monday night. Uh, we absolutely balled out for the first uh, you know almost sixty minutes. You know first first fifty minutes we pretty much balled out until Trevor got hurt and. Offense stalled. the uh, The morale was gone, and and you know it's just it was just a tough night. We're just gonna wrap it up there. It was a tough night for the Jags. Uh, as we look into this week, it's C.J. Beathard uh, at the helm for the Jags up against Joe Flacco for the Browns. Uh, so I don't know who's uh, looking forward to this game. The over under is set at thirty and a half. I know people are gonna be scared to touch that. Um, you know. But I'm going to tell you right now, take the under. Take the under. Joe Flacco, uh, he's going to throw a couple interceptions maybe. But uh, it, it, unless we're getting a couple defensive touchdowns, this game is hitting the under for sure. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird one, obviously, with these two quarterbacks. We don't have, obviously, much tape on them. I do know Joe Flacco threw for around 250 yards and two TDs last weekend. So at least – we kind of saw what he might or might not have um, just based on, on the tape we have on him from last weekend. But, you know, Beathard, we haven't seen at all this year. And I think what the last time he got time or, or playing time was when he was uh, with the Niners. It's still a little bit of an unknown, right? We can make a, a good educated guess, but it's, it's a little bit of an unknown because we haven't seen it. And, uh, you know, these guys haven't been with these offenses all year long. So, well, uh, it's definitely an interesting one. I, I have no idea how I'm going to read this one. So I do want to jump to you, Brian, and see, see where your head's at on, on, on this game. All right. Tank Bigsby, look at me. I, I know you're watching because you're not on the field. You get like five snaps a game. It's time to step up. C.J. Beathard is starting at quarterback. Travis Etienne is banged up. You're getting outsnapped by Dearness Johnson. He's been in the league for like 10 years and hasn't scored a touchdown, I don't think. It's time to get in the end zone. You're going to get carries. They need you. They need you, bro. Make up for that loss in the Iron Bowl. That stung even more because we lost this year. So it's time to score a touchdown. I'm betting on you to score a touchdown. Get in the damn end zone. Yeah, interesting there. Um, what is the Tank Bigsby anytime touchdown uh, play record? It's got to be Owen something because he hasn't scored a touchdown. <laughs> it's Owen too. I think <laughs> I think he's seen as many he's, snaps as I've taken him to score a touchdown the last couple of weeks. He's, so. he's he has one touchdown season. He does. It's been week one. Yeah. He got in once. So uh, I 
I usually try to give a pick for every game, and I'm I'm really struggling to come up with one here. Um, no, I guess I guess a pick I'll go I'll go Jerome Ford anytime touchdown. I think he finds the end zone this week as well. So that's the pick I'll take. But yeah, I like Jerome Ford to get in the end zone. Really would help the fantasy team as well. So maybe a little bias for that pick. But yeah, that's the way I'm rolling. And we'll head out of Cincinnati or roll down to the Bayou, New Orleans. The Saints in the Dome. Did we see a lot of points here? I mean, 37 and a half is, is kind of low for a game that could be a lot of points. You know, Jack, I see you look like you're ready to uh, to analyze this game hard here. What do you got? Yeah, where am I at for this game? I'm not going to take the Saints minus four and a half, even though they should beat the Panthers. Uh, my play in this one is going to be Olave over 64. 68 and a half receiving yards. Olave is a deep threat guy. He always finds himself open. I think he soars over 68 and a half. Yeah, for sure. I love the uh, I love the spot there. Uh, I think, like I said, uh, he'll be airing the ball out a lot. So I'll, I'll take a little bit of a, um, a a lower yard total. I'll take 31 and a half for Kamara. I mean, I could totally see Jameis dumping it off to him uh, a few times, especially I think Jackie touched on. Uh, you know, the Panthers D line is relatively competent with those, uh, you know, big boys down there on the interior line. Um, so yeah, I'll roll the dice with Kamara over 31 and a half uh, receiving yards. It's a pretty low number for a guy who gets a decent amount of targets out of the backfield. So feel pretty confident taking that and, uh, you know, seeing him probably soar into the forties, uh, with receiving yards and maybe even, maybe even higher. Um, but yeah, Brian, what's uh, what's your read on this one, man? Uh, so I will take the Saints minus four and a half here. I think they want to keep pace with the NFC South. But one thing before we move on from this game, well, actually two things. So first, Hayden Hurst got a concussion a couple weeks ago. It just came out. He he suffered post-traumatic amnesia. Forgot what happened up to four hours after the game. The wild part He's questionable this week. He might play. The dude, like, no way. No <laughs> way. No way they're rolling him out there. He was on the practice field yesterday after having, like, one of the worst concussions in recent NFL history. That's <laughs> wild. Dude, I thought they have to be in, like, a 7 to 10 to 14-day protocol when it's this bad. Yeah, so I it was two weeks ago, and – I guess he didn't report it right away. And it, his dad took to Twitter to be like, yeah, uh, Hayden suffered post-traumatic amnesia and couldn't remember anything after the game. Wow. <laughs> the, the, the other thing I have about this game, I guess, Matt, you would have the best read on this. I mentioned Chubba Hubbard earlier. What the fuck happened to Miles Sanders? <laughs> There's a reason why the Eagles didn't resign him. Um, I mean, he obviously looked better uh, with the Eagles O-line because the Eagles have one of the top in, you know, all football. But, I, you know, I was always on – and, again, not, there's nothing against the guy. He was, you know, great guy, fan of the city, local-ish, you know, went to Penn State the whole nine yards. Um, so, you know, Philly loved him, didn't hate the guy. It's just, you know, Howie Roseman doesn't allocate money to running backs and – they're not going to pay Miles Sanders eight to ten million dollars a year to be the running back when uh you know they can they can go with different different options. So yeah, when I saw his line at twenty six and a half this week, <laughs> I laughed pretty hard because that's just like, I mean Hubbard is not a very good. He, you said 
Sanders is mediocre. I feel like Hubbard's a mediocre running back, and Sanders yeah, I mean, lost his job to him. It, it's what he is, and it's coming more to light now that uh, that he's on on a on a way less talented team. Um, um, you know, we are 13 weeks in at this point. Miles Sanders is not, you know, a rookie running back. This is what Chuba's third year in the league. Uh, last year, I think he had a little bit more of the spotlight, uh, splitting time with Deonta Foreman after uh, um, McCaffrey got traded to the Niners. But, you know, never really been the spotlight guy. He's relatively fresh, um, you know, especially, you know, throughout his career and then especially this season with Miles Sanders uh, starting the season as the main workhorse. So it might just be uh, Miles Sanders is getting a little wear and tear and Chuba's got the fresh legs. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's as simple as that, because at the end of the day, I think you guys are both right. And it's what it is. But let's jump over to Jet Life Stadium, where the Houston Texans travel to North Jersey to take on the New York Jets. And I will say, I got a call from our friend, AY, friend of the pod. He's got an extra ticket. I will be in attendance at JetLife this Sunday to watch my guy, (laughs) CJ Stroud, live in action. I can't wait. AY already told me I'm not allowed to wear the Texans gear, but look out for some great content come Sunday because I am going to be roaring to go. You guys all know CJ Stroud is my guy. Um, So, yeah, obviously big thanks to AY extending out the uh, extra ticket. Uh, I know they're pretty sweet tickets. Um, And the Eagles don't play till 8 o'clock. And this is a 1 o'clock game. So I'll be able to get up there. Have a good time. Big, you know, tailgate. Watch watch CJ Stroud play. Good atmosphere should be. Uh, you get to see Zach Wilson come back. Yeah, cool. I guess that's whatever. But, dude, I am pumped to watch CJ Stroud live in action, uh, you know, with some pretty solid seats to go along with it. But, Jack, I'll jump over to you, man. How are you reading this one? Wow, man. Oh, lucky you. You get to go see CJ Stroud in his rookie year. That's pretty exciting stuff, man. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, uh, so last last week, uh, who was it? Desmond Ritter and the Falcons went into Jet Life uh, and handed the Jets an L. Uh, and, and handed the Jets and Tim Boyle an L. Uh, this week, it's Zach Wilson. Uh, so I think Jet fans are probably feeling a little bit more optimistic about this. But uh, it's not the Falcons and Desmond Ritter. It's the Texans and C.J. Stroud. Uh, C.J. Stroud has been balling. I don't need to go into depth about how good he's been in his rookie season. Um, I said last week that there's no way Desmond Ritter goes in jet life and beats the Jets. Uh, So I actually took the Jets on the money line. That was wrong. Uh, This week, there is no way that uh, C.J. Stroud doesn't go into jet life and beat the Jets. Uh, if Desmond Ritter can do it, I know C.J. Stroud can do it. Give me give me the Texans uh, on the road here, uh, minus six. Damn right, dude. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, and I was with you last week. I had the Jets plus two. C.J. Stroud's biggest fan will be in attendance cheering him on. Uh, I noticed his passing yards is 215 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'll be in attendance. I am hammering the over on that. Um, two, like, dude, this guy's like consistently nearing 300 every week. I get it. The Jets' defense is 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 good, 
Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like on Sunday. I think it should be relatively clear, maybe a little chilly. But as long as it's clear and, and you know, there's no crazy wind, you know, the cold, these guys are NFL guys. And, you know, the cold doesn't affect them that much. Um, so, yeah, 215 and a half for C.J. Stroud's passing yards. Give me the over for that. Um, and I, I, I'm just, like I said, so pumped to watch C.J. Stroud in person, live action uh, with some pretty sweet seats. So definitely look out for the one o'clock slate. I'll try to have a bunch of content for you guys. Who knows? Maybe I use the mustache and I throw on a vest and I'm right down there on the field taking a picture with C.J. Stroud. We'll see what happens. Brian, want to get your read on this game. What do you got? Yeah, no, uh, you you mentioned C.J. Stroud, 215.5. I think that line's a joke. I know the Jets' defense is good. But 215.5 is such a low number. That's like a Tommy DeVito number. So, yeah, C.J. Stroud's going to soar over that. Unfortunately, Tank Dell out for the season, so that that's going to hurt him a little bit. That probably went into that thinking a, a little bit with that number, but he's still got Nico Collins there. Still has Noah Brown, who for some reason is getting 100 yards a week when he's healthy. The crazy thing here, with the spread at least, so it opened at three and a half. Robert Sala then announced Zach Wilson would be returning, and the odds makers pushed the thing to six. I don't know if the odd makers did it or all the money just came in on the Texans, but that's that's a field goal difference. And you would feel like Zach Wilson at least gives the Jets a better shot than Tim Boyle, but I guess not. So, yeah, I'm going to stay away from the spread, but I do like C.J. Stroud's over. And, yeah, the Texans win this game. They're right on pace with the Jaguars. And if the Jets lose, I think any chance Aaron Rodgers coming back is gone. So, yeah, Texans win this one. I think it's already pretty much done and dusted with Rodgers. He's uh, he's not coming back this year. Um, and I think that's better for – if you're Jet fans, like, you don't want him to come back. I mean, I get it. He's, like, recovering at a rapid rate. But the Achilles is nothing to play around with. Let him sit out and get his rest and come back, like, really, true, truly 100% healthy next year. But, yeah, I guess uh, last game of the 1 o'clock slate here, the Red Hot Rams – traveling all the way across country to take on the Baltimore Ravens. You guys know how I feel about teams traveling across the country for the one o'clock spot, um, especially when they're, uh, you know, West coast teams. I think the seven and a half is a pretty, pretty big number for the Ravens to cover, but we could also see that this could be like a 33 to 20 Ravens win. Brian, how are you reading this one, man? Yeah, like you said, the Rams have been hot, but the Ravens, at least in my opinion, are the best team in the AFC. You know, this defense is for real. And the Rams' offense, as good as it's looked, I just, going across the country, Puka's banged up, Tyler Higby's banged up. Cooper Cup just doesn't look the same right now. I don't know if his hamstring's still bothering or it's just the emergence of Puka. But those two factors, Kyron Williams is a dog. Jack talked about him last week, and then he went ahead and backed up Jack's talk. But the Ravens' defense, combined with this new explosion, explosive offense that they have, I just I think the Ravens blow them out here. Seven and a half is a big number. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Keaton Mitchell over 44 and a half rushing yards and the Ravens minus six and a half. Interesting. Yeah, don't I don't hate it there. Um... Like, like I kind of touched on, we could see a big Ravens win here. But, Jack, how are you reading this one? 
Yeah, uh, the Ravens have been really good at home. They've been good at uh, at home against good teams too. Uh, you know, with a couple blowouts in there. Um, if you looked at my power rankings, they say exactly what Brian said. The Ravens are the number one team in the AFC right now. Uh, they got a, a nice little boost from the Jags and and the uh, and the Chiefs losing last week. But uh, they're they're fighting for first place with my uh, first place, in, you know, for the bye uh, with Miami. So I think that they're going to be very motivated to win this game. I think they're going to get it done. Uh, and my play in this one is not going to be the seven and a half. I mean, you could throw them in a, a you know, a parlay or something. But my play in this one is going to be say Flowers go over on his receiving yards, 46 and a half. Should be a pretty easy number for him to hit, right? I mean, that's like I see him totally having 70 yards there. So I, I think that's pretty low. I think he, you know, he hits that. And the Ravens are are rallying around Mark Andrews right now. I mean, that's a guy who really, really that injury hit him hard because he loves this team and really wants to win. And he's just a guy who is so dedicated and cares about the performance of the team. So him going down, you could see it on his face, and, and he's very emotional, um, you know, about the injury. So I, I just think the Ravens are playing for him and playing behind him. Um, Jack, I love your Zay Flowers pick. I, I definitely would sprinkle uh, sprinkle on that uh, for Zay Flowers. But, you know, I talked about a blowout, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about it and not take it. Give me the Ravens minus nine and a half here. I think they went by 10 plus. I think they went by 10 plus. It's some plus money juice. The Rams are traveling all the way across the country to play a one o'clock game against arguably one of the best defenses in football and, you know, arguably one of the best offenses uh, as long as Lamar's healthy. So I'm looking at a blowout here. Uh, look, the Lions went there, got blown out. Um, and, and that's that's another good team. And I think the Lions are probably better than the Rams. So the Rams coming across country. Give me the give me the Ravens minus nine and a half. I see a double digit win here. Would not be surprised if we see like a massacre, like a you know thirty three or thirty eight to like thirty eight to like fourteen. Um, and that's just the way I'm reading this game. So I, I see minus nine and a half. I like the pick at plus money um, and can totally see double digits win here for the Ravens. But uh, that kind of wraps it up for the one o'clock slate. I do want to jump now into the four o'clocks. Kind of a shit show of a game here. Uh, Vikings and the Raiders. Uh, Brian, how you reading this, man? <laughs> well, <laughs> I kind of regret you going to me first here because this game is tough to read. That's why. That's why I did it. <laughs> but oh boy, so the Vikings have a forty-four percent chance to make the postseason. Obviously, that number will that number will drop significantly if they lose. It'll probably be around fifty-fifty if they win. Uh, return of Justin Jefferson, good for my fantasy team, hopefully good for the Vikings in their case. The Raiders are out of playoff contention, but, you know, Antonio Pierce still isn't playing hard. Uh, even that game against the Chiefs where they lost by two touchdowns, they were winning for most of the first half. So, yeah, even the player prop route, like the Vikings have a good run defense, so they can't go with Josh Jacobs. I'm going to go the under just because take the under 40 yeah. take the under 40 and a half and go to bed right that's what that yeah. that's what that pig sounds like um jack <laughs> you uh you you lean in the same way here man or you got something else 
Yeah, you know, I really don't hate that play. I wasn't going to touch that, uh, but I, I do like the under 40 and a half. Uh, it's not going to be my play. Uh, it'll be like my, my my normal play. But what I like in this game is uh, if you can find some sack props, take the overs on all of them. <laughs> um, this Vikings team blitzes more than anybody, and they get home. Uh, they've got a ton of sacks on the season. Might be leading the league, might not be. Uh, you don't have to check me on that. And then on the Raiders side, you know, you got Max Crosby, whose motor is second to none in the league. Uh, he's always in the backfield. He's going to have one or two, maybe three on Josh Dobbs. So uh, if you can find some sack props, take them. Just take, just take them. You know, Brian, at five and seven, I don't think the Raiders are actually out of the playoff race yet. Um, yeah, know, but they, they're the Raiders. Look, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't expect them to to make the playoffs, but they are playing motivated, and I don't think that that's going to stop here this week. Uh, I think they're definitely going to show some fight, and the Vikings are an exploitable team. Uh, so even with Justin Jefferson coming back, this offense is still, you know, not anything special. And, uh, you know, with Josh Dobbs, it's not anything special. And then their defense, although it is, uh, you know, they, they bring a lot of pressure. They make try to make you make a lot of mistakes. They're very exploitable and give up some big plays. So I think there's a shot that the Raiders win this game. And then they're six and seven and you know, one game back in the wild card. Yeah, I dude, I, I still don't know how to read this game. Both these teams are so unpredictable. I like where you guys heads are at. Right. Like it's in Vegas. Um, and the Raiders are playing motivated, like you touched on, Jack. They're not entirely out of it, so a little bit motivated with Antonio Pierce. Um, done a pretty solid job for his first head coaching stint. Um, so you know, congrats to him on 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 finding a way to turn it around. But yeah, I will. Uh, uh Raiders plus three here. Is that a weird play? I don't know. I'll buy the hook so I don't get a push. Um, but I'll take the plus three and a half there, and uh, and we can move on. Let's jump over to a pretty solid game, even though the spread is double digits. Seattle Seahawks, who looked very competent against the Dallas Cowboys last time out, travel to San Francisco. Oh, sorry, Santa Clara. Oh, sorry, San Jose uh, for Levi Stadium to take on uh, the 40 Winers. Um, you know, how are you reading this one? Plus 10 and a half and a big divisional matchup and the Niners in a letdown spot. I mean, they had to been, you know, puffing their chests out all week. A little bit of a letdown spot. So, Jack, how are you reading this one, um, you know, out in San Jose? Yeah, uh, I mean, the Niners beat the Seahawks in Seattle by almost 20 points the last time these guys met. I don't know if I really want to take anything in this. I mean, 10 and a half points for me is a lot. A lot. Uh, it's a lot of points. It's a divisional game, too, which makes it even worse. Uh, there's a, a big shot that the 49ers come out here in a letdown spot, which is why I'm I'm kind of debating taking Seattle plus 10 and a half here. But, no, my play in this one will be DK Metcalf on the receiving yards. Uh, he's just a big boy. He's a dog. And the 49ers, they're susceptible, you know, at, at the cornerback position. So 
I think I think DK Metcalf can, you know, jaw around a little bit with some of these 49ers cornerbacks, get the better of them on one or two of these balls and, and get over on his receiving yards. For sure, dude. DK's uh been relatively pretty consistent all year long um for the Seahawks offense. So like where your head's at there. But Brian, I will jump over to you. I mean, ten and a half is a lot of points, is it not? It is a lot of points. It's it's a real shame the 49ers don't play in Candlestick Park anymore because you would have had Candle Prick Park right in front of you. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, Jack mentioned the Thanksgiving beatdown. The Seahawks' defense didn't look much better against the Cowboys. I know their offense looked good, but the defense just was really bad. So I 10.5 is a big number, but I really think they cover it. We ha- they, the 49ers have the MVP favorite in Brock Purdy. I don't know if you agree with that, but kind of shows you. I mean, I'm not going to go on a whole rant. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Purdy MVP favorite. Of course, Christian McCaffrey. You have all those weapons over there. And I just think Seattle's defense is just atrocious. So, it's 49ers, 49ers win this one 41 to. 15 because the Seahawks go for two and a pity let's try to catch up so that that's my that's my play here so Niners cover the 10 and a half big double digit or you know 20 plus win uh point win for you there interesting yeah, yeah I I have no read on this right I I like your pick Jack with Metcalf I think he's been pretty consistent um the Seahawks are probably gonna have to air the ball out a bit here so Geno Smith over passing yards. <laughs> oh God, that that one That's hurt. That one did hurt. I'm, I, you know, I can't. I, I just, I'm, I'm still sick of the forty nine or forty winers, I should say. Uh, still, I'm sick and tired. I can't pick anything with it. And let's get weird with it, man. Geno Smith is a competent quarterback who can air the ball out. I'll roll the dice. The Seahawks are going to probably be passing the ball a lot here, especially with what I think Walker's questionable um, and and that other uh, other running back. I do not want. I do not want to try to butcher that last name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, give me a uh, give me Geno Smith to air the rock out a little bit um, and, and and soar over the passing yards. Let's see. Let's see him get it done. Uh, pretty sure he did it uh, in Dallas on the road. Uh, so let's see if he can do it on the road here uh, against the Winers. Um, yeah, uh, we'll roll into another big one. This, I mean, this this is up there with game game of the uh, of the slate. No, Buffalo traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Brian, Jack, you're with a, a confident shaking of the yes, Brian. Not so much in agreeing with it's this uh, one one of the games uh, uh, best games of the slate. What are you thinking, man? How are you reading it? I mean, I, I guess, but both these teams are just not the teams that they've been the last two years. Buffalo have been struggling all season, and Kansas City they can't throw the ball, and that's crazy to say with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But besides Rasheed Rice and even Travis Kelsey has disappeared at times. I don't know if he's too love struck to run routes correctly, but yeah, with that being said, I'm taking the over. Uh, these last four games they've played, I believe, they have soared over the total. It's 48 and a half today. The last four games they've been in the 60s averaging. 
So even though these two teams kind of suck right now, I still believe that they're both going to get up for this game and we'll see this game go over. This is going to be – I think this this is in the making of a little bit of a crazy game here just because of the two quarterbacks, regardless of rosters. Um, Jack, wh- where's your read on this, dude? You look like you got – you look like you got some juice for this one, dude. I mean, are you? I, I'm a little excited for this game. Oh, dude, I, I'm loving this game. Are you kidding me? I mean, maybe there's like a little bit of bias in me because of the last time these guys played. But, I mean, I, every Buffalo and, and KC matchup that I've watched with Mahomes and Josh Allen, I mean, it's just been shootouts. It's been electric, uh, extremely fun games to watch. I know both of these teams are somewhat struggling this year compared to, you know, what we've been expecting out of them in years past. But this is a game for both of them to – get the juices going, everyone's feeling all good, you know, pumped up. This is going to be like a playoff game for them. This might be the game that both of these teams need to get out of their ruts and, you know, really find their stride as we go, uh, you know, wrap up the regular season. So I'm really excited for this game. I think you should be really excited for this game. Brian, stop back like you're not excited for this game. I know you're excited <laughs> for this game. Um and one of the reasons why I'm excited for this game is, you know, this is just the – this is a moneymaker game where you, you take any over you want. I'm, I'm telling you, ten, take them all. Um, my plays in this one are going to be Josh Allen over 33.5 rushing yards. I like that. And I also like Diggs to go over 74.5. Uh, I know, I know what's his name. Uh, Jerry Sneed's been playing some good, some cornerback coverage over there for KC, but uh, Stephon Diggs is is that guy and Josh Allen's going to need him uh, to put up some points against KC. So uh, give me Diggs over 74 and a half receiving yards. Give me Josh Allen over 33 and a half uh, rushing yards. And uh, what's Mahomes line? 270 and a half. I'll take 270 and a half. Give me Mahomes over 270 and a half as well. At home too. I mean, Mahomes should should be able to sling the rock around a little bit. But, dude, I agree with you. I got a lot of juice for this one. I love Gabe Davis over his receiving, Stefan Diggs over his receiving, Stefan Diggs over his catches, receptions. I, if I didn't give out so much, I would lean Mahomes as well, but – I gave you guys a lot of juice right there. I'm very confident in those plays. I love Gabe Davis, 36 and a half, the over there. I think that has a real shot of uh, of hitting along with the other ones I just gave out. We're due for a big Stefan Diggs week. I mean, come on, let's get yeah. back on the Stefan Diggs over train here. Um, you know, his line at, at points in the season were in the 80s. We're seeing now it's down 74 and a half. He's, we're due for a Stefan Diggs week. Like I said, I just gave you guys all that juice. Um, and, and I'm pretty, I'm really confident in, in those picks. Pumped up for that one. Um, we love the over. Yeah. So, well, now we roll into one that's kind of not so great. Uh, Denver going to LA um, to take on the Chargers, who won six to nothing against uh, the Patriots last weekend. I know there was some weather going on up there, but I mean, come on, man, six nothing. Like the, the Chargers just continue to show why they're not, uh, you know, glued together chemistry team and why Brandon Staley needs to be relieved of his duties. I mean, that guy still has a job for whatever reason. The, the, the Chargers have just been mi- so mid, just, just so bland 
for his whole tenure. Mm-hmm. Like usually guys will only have two years to do this. We probably see it at the end of this year. No, I mean, we, I think we have to, but it's gotta be, gotta be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gotta be, but Jack, I want to get, I want to jump over to you, man, and see where, where you're kind of reading this one and, uh, and you know, what kind of picks you got at, as the chargers offense gets back to some better, better weather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have faith in either of these teams. Uh, never been a fan of, Russell Wilson or Sean Payton. So the Broncos aren't getting my bid. And then for the LA Chargers, I mean, come on. They've got, we've been saying it all year. They have the roster to do it. They don't do it. It's Staley's fault. Um, you know, somebody's got to figure it out over there. And it's, it, it can't just be, uh, you know, Herbert, Herbert, figure it the fuck, run around, figure it the fuck out. I know you're playing with 15 injuries at any given time, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have I don't have faith in either of these teams. Uh yeah, I'm taking the under on this game, under 44 and a half for sure. Brian, dude, what do you got here? Yeah, I hate this game. Both these teams give me brain aneurysms. I'm gonna take Adam Troutman to catch two passes. That's gross. Interesting. The, the Chargers <laughs> don't cover tight ends very well. And it seems like <laughs> He's the only guy over there. I guess I do have Greg Dolchich, but yeah, Adam Troutman's catching two pass. Okay, well maybe that guy can uh, can pull through for you. I kind of want to take Denver plus three just because I have no faith in the Chargers whatsoever, and they don't really have a f- home field advantage like like at all. Honestly, it's relatively close to Denver. Um, you know, not her- like that that far. I think we probably see a lot of orange in the stands, which obviously hurts the home team. So I'll buy a half point and take – well, I guess I'll buy a full point and get the plus three and a half because I don't do the pushes. But I'll roll, I'll take a stab on Denver. I think they've, they've been kind of hot lately and, and seem to have figured it out to some extent. And it's more I just can't trust the Chargers. And, and I've seen enough to where I, I'm, I'm not putting any faith in Brandon Staley. So – Give me the Broncos plus three and a half. I'll buy the full point. Still can probably get pretty solid odds on that. Um, and I'll roll the dice, take a stab with the Broncos because they've they've looked competent to say the least, experienced quarterback. And Brandon Staley is just not that guy. That kind of wraps it up for that one out in LA. Now we jump to the big one, the 820 Sunday night, uh, probably the game of the week. I know we said that other one had potential. But this one probably is. Eagles traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, where I think the Cowboys are on a 14-15 game win streak. Something crazy like that. The Eagles haven't swept Dallas since 2011. And we haven't won in Dallas since 2017. So it's a lot going against the Eagles here. There's a reason they're not favored after, you know, embarrassing loss last weekend and you know those stats I kind of just laid out Dallas on the big win streak and the Eagles you know haven't won there since 2017 so obviously a struggle there but they're my birds and I gotta ride with them because what do we do we control our own destiny so I'll take (laughs) the birds plus the points Uh, I think what's it plus three three I'll take take, yeah I'll take the plus three and a half it's the birds. Why not? I think they got a shot to get this one done. Wouldn't be surprised if they lose. 
Um, but yeah, I'm confident they can they can go out there and look way more competent than they did last week. But the real thing I want to see is them destroy Dak Prescott because I'm sick and tired of seeing him get ran around in all this MVP talk, and I don't want to hear any of it. The guy's a fraud. They beat up on bad teams. You got a good team coming in there. Let's let's show the NFL the true fraud Dak Prescott is, and let's launch him out of those uh, MVP conversations. So that's what I got for this one. I'll roll the birds plus three and a half. I'll even you know sprinkle the money line. Why not? Because they're the birds. Um, but that's what I got for that one. Let's beat let's beat the shit out of Dak Prescott. Jack, what do you got, dude? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that's looking around this league and saying, damn, Dak is playing at an MVP level. Uh, is it going to go to him? We'll see. Uh, we got to see how he does in in his, you know, finishing gauntlet of uh, games here. You know, and it's next game's up against the Eagles right here. Uh, last, last time they played earlier in the season, he threw for almost 375 yards against them, three touchdowns, so – my play in this one is going to be Dak on the over uh, for his over on yards. Uh, uh, they're going to have to air it out. You know, Dallas's run game has not been as efficient uh, in years past. I know they still have a great offensive line, but, you know, going up against good defensive line, probably not going to get the big holes. Uh, they're going to have to air it out. So Yeah, good stuff there. Uh, look, if the Eagles don't get it done, Dak Prescott's probably going to have a big day. So, uh, you know. You got an angle there, but I really hope we kick the shit out of them uh, at home or, you know, on the road in Dallas. But, Brian, I dare you, man. Do it. <laughs> Take the anti-Eagles parlay. I, like I... – Brian, you have to. <laughs> I, I, I hate Dallas. I, I can't I, – I don't like it, but I'll do it. Okay. Shout out, Wiz Khalifa. Hold up. Weed and boys. Hold up, hold up. Dak's making noise. Hold up. C.D. Lamb, touchdown, hold up. Tony Pollard scoring a touchdown, too. Dak Prescott throwing for 300. Cowboys going to win the game. Hold up. <laughs> I think that's enough, Weedon boys. Weedon boys. <laughs> that, that, that might have been the worst one yet. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, that was my first and only time doing ad libs. I think I'm done for the rest of my life, dude. I love how like you're like, yeah, like I don't really have one. Like I'm not gonna do one, and you have like a choreographed, planned out song. Black, like, uh, yeah, give me Wiz Khalifa. We'll go this song. Uh, yeah, I don't really have an anti Eagles uh parlay at all. Actually, I struggled to get through that one, but um. Yeah, I think I took uh, what Dak three hundred, Tony Pollard anytime touchdown, CD anytime touchdown, and Cowboys money line. That that seems pretty doable. Yeah, very doable. (laughs) Let's get our first anti birds parlay win of the year. Look, man, good luck every time you're on them. Eagles seem to find a way to bust it up, so I'll take that as a uh, a good luck sign. But let's roll into Monday night as all the major. Sports commissioners are have been faded <laughs> with scheduling this year. You know, you got the NBA in-season tournament effing up the whole schedule. Um, you know, now we have a doubleheader on Monday night starting at the same time. And both the games suck. 
what is what is going on? I mean, look, Titans travel to Miami uh, to take on the Dolphins, and then the other one, Packers travel to Jet Life Stadium as Jet Life gets a double header this weekend with uh, both North North Jersey pro football teams playing up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Titans traveling to Miami, which I do want to say, Brian, I know you got called out for it. You asked like who the favorite of the AFC was and you left the Dolphins off the Twitter poll. So yeah. we, we want an explanation of why the Dolphins were left off. Well, they're frauds. That's why they can't beat a good team. And until they beat a good team, which they don't have the opportunity to do this week, I'm going to leave them out. Um, before we get into this, I know you'll be happy to hear this, Matt. Jack, I don't know if you'll be happy to hear this. There has been a touchdown scored in Thursday Night Football, and it was Ezekiel Elliott receiving. Let's fucking go, dude. Uh, but Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Back to this game that I will not be watching because of the next game that we'll be getting into. Uh, Titans have not won a game on the road. The Dolphins are undefeated at home. The Titans are a joke. The Dolphins beat up on bad teams. The Dolphins are going to cover the 13. It is a big spread. It is a big spread. Jack, are you entertaining that, or are you going a completely different route? I mean, he took the words right out of my mouth, uh, top to bottom. The The Dolphins are they're going to cover these 13 points. They beat up on bad teams. Titans are a bad team. It's really as simple as that. I love it. Let's make it another squad ride because it's Monday night. I'll take the minus 13 as well. I know I don't love double-digit spreads, especially on a Monday night game. Um, but I'll roll the dice with you guys. Uh, minus 13, it'll be a squad ride. So look out for that Monday. We'll definitely, uh, you know, post some post something on Twitter, maybe Instagram, and uh, maybe do a Twitter space. We'd love to have uh, a bunch of people who ride the squad squad ride with us. And, uh, you know, we can all have some good fun there. But um, in terms of um, the other game, so like I said, we have two games. Which game gets um, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? That's a good question. That's a good question. The one I'm not watching. <laughs> they should send Peyton and Eli to do the game. In, uh, yeah, why don't they do one? They line? really should. Why don't they have Eli do the Giants game? They probably don't want to get out of the house for it. That's <laughs> I don't blame true. them. But yeah, I don't blame them. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing the Giants game, and it's Chris Fowler and Lewis Riddick uh, and Dan or- Orlowski for the Miami game. Right. You have Green Bay, pretty big market just because of their fan base um, and, and, and what they've been over the last decade or so. And then, obviously, New York, monster market. So it kind of makes sense to send Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, uh, you know, to Jet Life Stadium. Oh, God, wait. Someone's getting injured in this game. Why? It's the second game there in two days. The field's already a mess. It always happens in prime time. Oh, God. Brian over a half for a major injury to occur. There's Brian, typical New York asshole. Fucking pessimist. for injuries. That's, that's not my pick. I'm just saying that's probably going to happen. You said it, man. You said nerd. it. So you were thinking it. You said it. So you were thinking it. <laughs> um, for the big, big, big injury. My Atlanta. Um, yeah. What a... Uh, uh, 
<laughs> what are some picks here for? I get. I mean, dude, Jack, how are you feeling here, dude? No, I, I'd like to hear Brian's thoughts on this first, as the as the resident giant fan of Section Four Hundred. Give it to us, how? Yeah, the, the Packers have the third worst run defense in the league. The one thing the Giants can do with Saquon Barkley, they drafted him second overall to run the ball. They're going to run the ball well in this game, and they're going to beat the Packers at home. So my pick is Saquon to score, Saquon to rush for 80 yards, and the Giants to win. And hopefully, I'll, he's leave, not it up to, I'll leave it up to you, Jack, because I just have to digest that for a second. But I think I think it's going to be a little flip flop there. I think the Packers are going to win this one on the road, but I will take the under. Uh, I think this is going to clear the under thirty six and a half. Uh, maybe by a hair, I might be sweating it a little bit. I know I know Tommy Cole cuts can give me a little scare at times, but uh, I'm going to go under thirty six and a half as my official play here, and. Let's see where the line ends up, but at minus six right now, I might take the Packers at minus five and a half. Don't hate that there. I mean, we can see the Packers beat the brakes off the Giants on Monday night, realistically. Uh, I think the Giants are going to, or the Giant fans are going to fall back into that delusional trap of thinking that they have something with the veto and they're competent and this, that, and the third and all, you know, the whole nine yards. And the Packers come in and absolutely take a shit on it. So I'll roll with the Packers to win by a touchdown. I'll take Jordan, I'll, I'll take Jordan, Jordan loves overpassing yards. You know, I'll rock it with you, Jack, five and a half, so we don't don't have the push. But uh, I think that's everybody's picks for the week. But that wraps up the show. It was a long one, but it was a good one. Make sure you look out for the Twitter spaces that pop up as the weekend goes along and maybe even on Monday night. And look out for, uh, you know, some breaking news TikToks. Uh, with you know instant reaction on on major sporting news, we obviously have the NFL heating up, Heisman's coming up, college bowl games and playoffs coming up. You know, uh, college basketball is heating up, and we have the MLB offseason, which obviously is off to a red hot start. Soto going across the country to the Bronx, not flushing to the Bronx, so. A lot to digest there. So look out for all the content that's upcoming. And as always, my name's Matt, and I'll catch you all in the next one. All I want for Christmas is Yamamoto, Steve. I just want a Super Bowl win. Go Jags.